This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Friday, April 2nd, and today it is time to take a step back and look at some of the fantasy trends, both positive and neg- negative, that are affecting our lives. We're going to look at some rising young players, as we often do in Detroit and Orlando. A bad free throw shooter, a shaky free throw shooter who may be turning things around, and some potential shutdown candidates. Are there more names on the shutdown horizon that we haven't yet talked about? All of that is coming up and more in just a second. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Right now, I'm joined by Ryan Knaus and Steve Analyst Alexander, according to his shirt. Uh, what's going on, guys? Uh, that's analyst in quotation in marks. In quotation marks. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I need one of those, did, too. Did um, a family member buy that for you, yeah. Steve? Uh, no, a buddy bought that for me. And I think it's a, I think it's a Pat McAfee deal. Speaking of t-shirts, I just last night found online on some random website potentially the last remaining uh, Roto World t-shirt that was apparently produced at some point. So it is coming my way. There was one left in stock. It was size XL. I bought what? It. It, it, what? It's coming my way. Wait it's a second. Beautiful. Wait. It's like a distressed gray with the with the old school Roto World logo on it. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm livid right now. I never even thought to go look for one. That is unbelievable. It really is. I, I, I guess I never thought to try to go buy something that said Roto World on it because I just figured, you know, I'm an I'm an I'm a Roto World OG. Like they can send me <laughs> stuff for free, right? But, and, but here we are, still waiting for our uh, our Edge Gear, NBC Sports Edge Gear, which you know I've been told by an inside source that it's coming. It's not in my front door yet. 
I've already well, got Matt's, mine. Matt's got some edge gear. Mine's in the wash today. See, uh, this, is, this is another outrage. I, I, I don't know. Well, if we're talking about wardrobe, I, I'm just going to put it out there again. Uh, if, Ed, if you're listening, we really need some round ball stew t-shirts. Uh, we got to make this happen. Seriously. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep that, uh, keep that one going. Cause I really like the new logo and I want it on a shirt. I want it 20 years from now for Ryan to say, on some whatever we're doing then from from our wheelchairs in the nursing home i just bought the last <laughs> remaining round ball stew t-shirt and i found it <laughs> on the website olddudsareus.com that's, what, that's exactly what we need all right here's where i'm going to start we're going to start with a little trivia here the number six fantasy player According to basketballmonster.com, the last two weeks, number six, I said, the last two weeks, is a name that surprised me. And I'm going to give you his numbers, and you guys are going to try to guess who it is, okay? The last two weeks. And look, I mean, no pressure, because, you know, lots of basketball players put up numbers. So, like, you know, if you guys get it, great. This is one of those where if you get it, great. If you don't, I'm not going to, like, you know, rake you over the coals, okay? Last two weeks, 11.8 points, 8.0 rebounds, 2.0 steals, 1.8 blocks, 3.03s. I have an idea. Okay. Do you want to say what it is? Well, I was going to wait. Okay. You... I'll, no, I'll, I'll try it. Okay, I... wait. So, Steve, do you have a guess? Um, I'm still psych- I'm still ciphering this this question. If Ryan has an idea already. Okay. The the defensive stats might be a giveaway. They might be. I wouldn't didn't say this is a hard question. Initially, I thought maybe Rashawn Holmes cuz he's been on a defensive bender lately, but He's he's not averaging. What did you say? Eleven points. It's also three point oh threes. It is it. I I do. Have Robert Robert Covington. Robert Covington. It's Robert Covington. I did, guys. I hey. never said it was a hard question. Don't overthink okay. it. I always panic for the for the trivia. Yeah. So Robert Covington, number six fantasy player the last two weeks, truly one of the most frustrating guys uh, in fantasy for a stretch there. But I guess. I don't know. What do you take away from the saga that has been Robert Covington's season? For me, it is. Man, you you got really got to be careful about overjudging the first you know twenty five games or so, or so, especially when a guy changed teams. Well, I think him and Kelly Oubre are sort of the the guys this year that got off to terrible starts. People were wanting to drop them, and you know, I still, I still, I got a a tweet or something from someone recently where he's like, I don't care what you all say about. Robert Covington, he's trash. He, he doesn't score. He only scores like ten points a game. I'm, I, I don't want him on my team. And maybe if you're in a in a points league where scoring is is everything, or even DFS. But I mean, DFS, he's fine because he gets all those blocks and steals. He's done exactly what I think we predicted he would do before the season started, and we scrambled for the first month trying to defend. Uh, why he was struggling so bad and and that he would get it turned around. Yeah, I think he's he's been the player I hoped he would be. Yeah, and I think he's been even better than... I mean, Kelly Oubre has been improved from where he was to start the season, but still not even that good. But Robert Covington, this is what... You know, at the time, I said something like, he always goes on this tear where he's averaging like three steals and two blocks over the course of a month, and you want to be there for that. And that's that's pretty much what we're seeing. I was admittedly a little nervous at times uh early this season but he's a guy you know he's been prone to month-long slumps so i think when you 
you know, with the benefit of history of looking back at what he's done over his career, and especially in recent seasons, we've seen these slumps, and then we've seen him become a top 20, apparently the number six overall player for the past two weeks. Uh, and he does it with defensive stats. And it is hard, you know, there's a cognitive disconnect between a guy who's only scoring 11 points per game and putting up elite fantasy value. It doesn't jump out at you the same way to say that he's averaging 1.6 blocks as to say that someone's averaging 28 points per game, even though they might be literally equivalent in terms of nine cap value. All right, Ryan and Steve, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I don't know when it was, uh, we were lamenting the brutal free throw shooting of De'Aaron Fox. Now, it's never really made sense, first of all, because it's not a guy with a busted-looking jump shot or anything struggling from the free throw line. But in any case, the last three weeks or so, over 12 games, Fox is hitting 79.3% from the line, a notable improvement from, I think, the 60-something percent he was shooting a lot of the year. And you know the rest of his numbers have really taken off, too. He's nearly 30 points per game during that stretch, six dimes, 1.7 steals. So good for top 15 value the last few weeks in nine category leagues. Ryan, we'll start with you. Could this be a sea change in Fox's fantasy value? And as a follow-up, why do we call it a sea change? Do you know? I don't. I assume because the tides of the... Like, the moon. Don't forget the moon. The the sea rises and falls, yeah. so we call it a sea change. You know, everything changes with it. It just um, seems like one of those phrases that we use, and actually most people have no idea why they say it. You know what I mean? And it's all it's oh, all yeah. tied to the moon, dude. Okay. okay. It's it's always just a, a, a Beck album in my mind, so I'll, yeah. just, I'll just go with that answer. <laughs> De'Aaron Fox, yeah. You know, I, I think you and I did a pod maybe a month ago, and I, I cried a river about how, how his free throw shooting was tanking. Uh, you know, free throw percentage category and how it's how that's too tough for a guy you draft in the second round. And I have a lot of exposure to him, so I was I was particularly hurt by it. So it's it's great to see that he's he's bounced back. Um, could it be a sustainable thing? Sure. I, as you said, it's kind of odd that he's always been so bad, and yet in his career, I believe he's never shot better than seventy-two percent from the line. So I'll need more than one month of him approaching eighty percent to believe that he's really there. Uh, but he does; he gets to the line so often that even you know if he's shooting seventy percent for most players, you think, well, that's not so bad. But when he's getting eight attempts per game or something like this, it's a huge weight. So. Uh, it's it's great to see him hit 80%, and he's acknowledged multiple times in the past, quotes like, um, to be the player that I want to be at the end of the day, you've got to make him when you get there. I know I'm one of the best guys at the line, et cetera, et cetera. So it's an area he works on every day. He's not a, you know, you said he doesn't have a broken jump shot, but he's still shooting only 42% on his jumpers this year. So he has a lot of work to do as a shooter, um, but his skill is ridiculous. And, yeah. and if he can make those jumpers, forget it, because teams just sag off. They know that he wants to attack. So Yeah, I meant bro- broken-looking jumper, percentage-wise. Percentage is still right. suggested it's broken. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, he's a point guard. Little guys can can usually shoot free throws. I'm, I'm, I don't know why he couldn't turn it around at this stage of his career. What are we in, year four? I've never been a stickler for De'Aaron Fox's free throw shooting. I, I I just kind of pretend it doesn't exist. But, you know, he's playing so well. Him and Rashawn Holmes both are on such a tear right now. And you had in Tyrese Halliburton. They just won five games in a row. They had that streak broken on, what, Wednesday night with the loss to the Spurs. But the Kings have crept 
to 14 and a half games out. They're only a game and a half behind both the Warriors and the Grizzlies for a play in. I, I think if things keep going the way they're going, you know, we're going to be talking about shutdowns here in a little bit. Sacramento might be a team that doesn't have any. Next up on our list, Hamadou Diallo was dealt to the Pistons before the NBA trade deadline, but he was out with a groin injury. So it, it kind of feels like he was in addition right at the deadline. He's just now getting his legs under him. The last two games, he has scored exactly 19 points in each one. And over those two games, a lot of other stats to get excited about. Eight and a half boards, three assists, a steal, one point. Five blocks, 1.53s, if I'm reading that correctly. Shooting it well from the free throw line, and he's a guy who's had some free throw issues. So, Steve, what are your thoughts on this Hamadou Diallo thing? I mean, we don't want to overreact to two games, but is it too soon to call him You know, something close to a must-start player in Detroit right now? I don't think it's too soon to call it that. I I've, That team's won, what, 13 games? Uh, last place in the East, I believe. I'm actually not looking at that. I think I hope that's correct. They are. But uh, but yeah, they're terrible. At what point do they start shutting some veterans down? I know, I know, Jared doesn't want to hear this, but you know, does Jeremy Grant still go out there and do what he's been doing all season? You know, three weeks from now, when things really don't matter, uh, I think it's primed perfectly for them to get a good look at Diallo for next year. I liked him in OKC already, and. Granted, he's shooting it lights out for those two games. You know, if, if his shot was not falling those two games, we probably wouldn't even be talking about him right now. But he still filled the stat sheet, both of them, scored 19 points, had one or some of everything, so and, and pretty good minutes. So, yeah, I, I, I think he's a must-have guy right now, and if you've got him, you need to play him. Yeah, to, to me it's more speculative in terms of have we – yet to see what he's capable of and can he put it all together and obviously a great start with these with these past two games almost steve though it seems unrealistically hot i mean he's shooting what 65 percent in those two games uh combined three of five from deep and that's for a guy who for his career is 27 percent from from downtown and also 63 percent from the free throw line so I don't want to gloss over that. Like, yes, he's been good in three games with the Pistons, but he's 60, around 60% for his career at the free throw line. So that's the sample size that I'm interested in. So I have huge reservations, but at the same time, yeah, like Wayne Ellington, why why would he even play down the stretch? So there's going to be minutes. There's going to be opportunity. Can he take advantage of it without hurting you uh, in percentages? I know, that I'm not super sure, but you might as well roster him while we find out. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I want to be excited about Diallo, but I have some of the same reservations. And it almost reminds me of a guy who he might be kind of bumping from the Detroit rotation, Josh Jackson, where he would have, you know, a game here or there that's like, wow, that was that was a stat line. But then when you look at the net result over like 15 games, it's like, ah, oh, this isn't that great. You know, he's this is around 150th in a nine-category league. Do I, is it really worth starting him? And I, and I feel the same way about Diallo when he was getting all that playing time in Oklahoma City. Some of his box scores are fantastic, but you know, over the longer term, some of the, the deficiencies start to stack up. Yeah, there, when you said that about looking at like, wow, one game will pop and the other vanishes, it's almost like a, like a reverse Brandon Clark kind of situation where he rarely jumps out of the box score and you're almost always like, wow, that's kind of disappointing. But then you look at the, at the aggregate and he's, you know, very rarely has duds and suddenly he's a top 100 player just like that. So 
Yeah. So I guess the takeaway is see how far this Diallo thing goes, but you know, approach with a little bit of caution, I guess. Also, you mentioned Josh Jackson, DNP CD on like Monday or Tuesday, and then Wednesday night he starts. So I, I don't know what's going on there, but but only played 19 minutes. Yeah. I think. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, well, just a reminder, if you are trying to figure out who to add off of waivers, who to start, just keeping up with your fantasy teams in general, you can get access to our League Sync tool, as well as our DFS tools and betting tools by going to edge-plus.nbcsports.com. Enter the code STU10 for 10% off any subscription. Just before the NBA trade deadline, we were talking about the possibility of Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier being dealt away from the Magic, and Ryan and I were talking on the podcast, and I'm going to play back for you what Ryan had to say. Chuma Okiki would probably be the guy that I'd be most intrigued to add. Um, whether he would be a must-add player in 12-team, you know, standard fantasy leagues, I'm not positive. But I, I would be eager to add him over any of the other names that I just mentioned. Wow. Ryan Knaus with the pull. That was pretty nice. That got Okiki on my radar. And all he has done since the trade deadline is average 18 points, 5.3 boards, three dimes, 1.7 steals, 2.7 threes in 32 minutes a game in his first three games for Orlando. So I just wanted to give you some props there, Ryan. That was a great call. Well, I appreciate it. I'd, I'd be lying if I said that I expected those numbers you just recited. I mean, obviously. Um, but we saw glimpses of it, and he's better. You know, his percentages were, were really bad at that point. Um, but we, we've seen flashes. He looks surprisingly comfortable with the ball in his hands. He can make plays. Uh, he he does have shooting range, and obviously defense is his calling card. So I think I went on to say in that clip that even even if he wasn't great offensively, he'd at least get some steals and some rebounds to to help out your squads. So and you know he looks like a complete package. I think he just needed opportunity to show what he could do. I think my favorite part of that call is like looking at his game log, Chuma's game log for the year. Like it's it's bad. He, he scored 11 <laughs> points in one game. He had nine rebounds in another. And other than that, he didn't do, he did not do anything all season. Um, the game before he blew up, he played 15 minutes and had zero points and two rebounds. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the next day, 
literally the next day, March 24th, he's six for six, four for four from the line. Or no, six for six on the field, four for four from, from downtown, 17 points and three boards. And then ever since then, he's just been on this incredible tear. So I don't know how you saw it coming, but it's pretty darn impressive. Ryan. Hopefully you guys got him on a couple teams. <laughs> I got him last night. Uh, I had to wait, nice. wait through the wa- waiver process, which is good. If there's a waiver process process that lasts like a week at this point, maybe I'll get somebody because like I told you guys <laughs> the other day, I'm a terrible fantasy hoops manager at this time of year. And I was, it's funny. Uh, my memories popped up on Facebook and I was actually – you know, three years ago, writing about how much I suck at fantasy basketball this time of year. And we're, we're usually in Florida right now for spring break and the, the opening day of baseball season. I mean, I'm not, I'm not paying attention to basketball today, except for when I have to work later. Also, side note, breaking news. I know this happened yesterday, but as we're sitting here, James Harden will not be playing on Thursday. So, well, I was going to say, I, I put in a $21 bid in one of my leagues for okiki and outbid the, the rest of the league 21 to zero but <laughs> no regrets no regrets i got him i got him Good for you. Uh, okay christian wood returned on wednesday and kelly olenic the the surprisingly good in houston kelly olenic still had a fantasy relevant stat line 14 points three rebounds four assists two blocks in 25 minutes that left him through three games with houston with and I did something really not smart today, guys. I like pasted a screenshot of these numbers into my document so that I didn't have to type them out and I made it really hard to see. 18.3 points, 5.3 rebounds, 3.3 dimes, 1.3 steals, 1.3 blocks, 1.3 threes. If you like symmetry, Kelly Olenek has it. We were talking the other day, like, well, can we trust Kelly Olenek in Houston? And I think Steve, you and I said. Was that you and I said, like, wait and see? We were a little bit unsure, but I think we ended on, hang on, don't drop him yet. And uh, now it's looking pretty good. Are we trusting Kelly Olenek here, Ryan? That's a tricky one. I I think so. I mean, it's not like this comes out of nowhere, right? He's done really well when given sufficient playing time in the past. He's a very good roto guy, sort of for the reason you just mentioned with those stats. He's he's well-rounded. My question is whether he'll continue to get minutes, right? Uh, he's headed into unrestricted free agency. So if the Rockets don't view him as part of their future, then he's a potential shutdown candidate. The good news there, I suppose, is that the Rockets have his bird rights. So if they do decide, oh, he's a great fit alongside Christian Wood, maybe they want to pay up uh, to to meet or exceed any other offers he receives and they can afford to do so. And critically, uh, coach Steven Silas has been playing him alongside Christian Wood recently. He said that they're both so versatile to have them both out there makes sense to me. They can put pressure on the defense and help our rebounding on the and the defensive end. So they have some interest in, in pairing Olenek with Christian Wood. Is that a long-term thing? We're not sure. Some of the Rockets beat writers have speculated that maybe they just want to get a look at how does Wood operate with another true big man. Uh, they didn't play him alongside DeMarcus Cousins for obvious reasons, but is there a path in which you know Christian Wood makes sense along with another true 4-5? Uh, so, I mean, it's not a satisfying answer, but I'm going to come back to what you guys had said and a, a wait and see. I mean, he needs to be rostered at the moment, uh, but there is you know maybe a a bit of a shutdown risk that worries me. Um, I felt like I was 
higher on a Linux than you were the other day, Matt, if that was you and I talking about that. I could be wrong, but I felt like, man, he's still Kelly Linux. He can play power forward. He can play alongside Kristen Wood. I don't know if I said all that or not. Of course, he didn't take the time or decency to go back and pull the tape from my hot take. No, I, I actually have it right here, Steve. Just, Hang on. I'm going to roll it in. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Because uh, I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a super hot take, but I, I'm nearly not surprised that he's, he's doing this. Uh, I'm also not, for some reason, I'm not that worried about him being shut down. I feel like the Rockets brass has watched the same group of guys just struggle so poorly all year that, Maybe a, a Linux like a breath of fresh air for them, and they're like, "Oh well, this kid, this kid plays hard. Let's just leave him out there and shut everybody else down." I, I don't know what's going to happen, but Houston, oh man, it's it's so it's so broken. Poor poor Christian Wood. Well, speaking of potential shutdowns, we've already seen the Al Horford, the epic Al Horford shutdown, <laughs> where he decided to sit out Oklahoma City's final twenty eight games, setting a new standard for. You know, shutting it down, just resting madness. Car uh, Anthony Towns is a guy we've talked about with the shutdown potentially looming. I want to just ask you guys: This is pretty open ended. Are there any other potential shutdown candidates we really haven't talked about that you're finding yourself concerned about, Ryan? Are there any that come to mind for you first? Yeah, well, we were just talking about the Rockets, so I'd say obviously John Wall jumps out as a just glaring shutdown risk. There was a report uh, from Chris Haynes in Yahoo that. Wall, after he, I think, bruised his left knee a couple weeks ago, that he would have a scope before the end of the season or during the season. So that seems bad. I mean, that's not good. He's, yeah, he's sitting out in a non back to back situation early this week. It just all sets up. You know, they have Kevin Porter Jr., who they already said they want to groom as a point guard. Do the math. Like, John, John Wall is, is not long for this rotation. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he's done. I, I think maybe I'm going to say two more games. From Johnny Wall. <laughs> okay. I'll take the over, but barely. I think I've got three games remaining on my cat expiration date. Uh, you know, I've. Yeah, we need. Wait, wait. Before you do this, we need like a Dr. A shutdown tracker graphic where like we have your guys with like a number that adjusts. <laughs> I just want it in the corner of our broadcast at all times. Sorry, carry on. It should actually be a it should actually be a feature on Sports, Sports Edge in general, just Dr. A shutdown tracker. And, and I, I not only give you uh, a general time frame, I, I take it down to a specific date and it'll, it'll be announced. Um, to the minute. I think we need a countdown clock. A like timer. To the yeah, that would work. Uh, yeah. I am kind of keeping my eye on the Toronto Raptors. And when I say the Raptors, I mean the whole, the whole team, because they're 15 games out of, out of first place right now. They're, a full five games behind Boston for the number eight. And there are four games behind Indiana for one of the playoff spots. And it has been a disaster, an unmitigated disaster, as they like to say, in Toronto this season. And if they don't get things turned around like now, uh, Kyle Lowry is in jeopardy. Pascal Siakam is in jeopardy. I Like really everybody on that team is going to get rest if they don't get into the playoff hunt. So I'm concerned about that. And then, of course, the Washington Wizards, who are basically tied with the Toronto Raptors, um, once that dream is over, I'm very concerned about Russell Westbrook, very concerned about Bradley Beal, and really any of these teams that are 
way out of the playoff picture. Like I said earlier, Jeremy Grant in Detroit. I mean, I feel like Grant has the mentality that he's going to play every game this season, but I don't know if they're going to continue to play him. Anybody on the Magic over the age of 30, is you can pretty much pull the plug on. Kevin Love, it was nice. It, it was not nice. It was it hasn't been nice for years, but anyway, those are some of my thoughts, at least in the East. Yeah, I will say the the Raptors and the Wizards are actually, I think, two games behind the tenth spot, right? First spot in the playing yeah. tournament. But your yeah. point is still taken, and I, and I, Kyle Lowry, I already who I have on multiple teams. I'm I've become flat out. I haven't totally given up on hope, but like he's already, we already know he's out seven to ten days, right? With his foot problem popping back up. And he was kind of had put up a couple duds before that. So I'm quite worried about him after he I initially didn't didn't want him to get dealt out of Toronto. Now I'm very much wishing he had because it feels like he's now he's hurt, but it also kind of just feels like he's done. So that one has me very worried. Uh, what about the Warriors? Ooh. Now the Warriors are still if the playoffs started today, they'd be in the play in tournament, but that's another team that's kind of hanging around just on the fringes like if they get leapfrogged by a couple teams could you guys see would you find yourself concerned about any of the veterans there i mean sure if you if the question is posed as if they fall yeah, completely out of the playoff picture then, <laughs> yeah, then yeah it's a silly question <laughs> uh but I, I guess i feel about them like i do with toronto like i'm not too worried especially about guys like pascal and og and so forth that unless they're mathematically eliminated i don't see the Raptors like tanking or in- intentionally shutting guys down too prematurely. I could be wrong, of course, but um, yeah, I feel the same way about about the Warriors. Um, you know, they didn't trade Kelly Oubre at the trade deadline, and to me, that's kind of a huge indicator as to where the front office is and what they're thinking, what their expectations are for this year. Because there's no guarantee that Oubre sticks around. They could have flipped him for some assets, but instead they said, "Hey, we value this guy. We want to make a push toward the playoffs." You know, maybe James Wiseman takes a big leap, continues to get better over the final weeks, and and we have a you know some momentum going into the postseason. So. I'm not super worried about Steph or Dre or anybody. Well, and also, uh, Steve, before you jump in, I will just say, as as I was listening to you talk there, I will say this about Kyle Lowry. I mean, he's a guy who seemingly, I mean, anytime you watch him play, the guy's a, a serious competitor and it seems like he's been pretty proud to be a Raptor. So maybe he really is just hurt and he was playing through that injury before he started sitting out and he's going to come back and try to make a push to reach the playoffs. I think that's just as possible, but... The current situation is just a little concerning. With well, him. the problem there is if he's going to miss seven to 10 days, their playoff chances are going to dwindle instead of get better. So, and I, and I think it's legit. In fact, I was, I, that's one of the things I was doing when I was ignoring uh, everything that Ryan said recently. Um, <laughs> I was going back and reading my, my blurb that I wrote about Lowry because uh, I knew he was playing on a bad foot. Somehow I, w- I was asleep when the news broke about seven to ten days, and I don't have him on any roster, so I would have no reason to seek that information out. But I was pretty proud that at uh, 10.30 at night on March 29th, I was able to write the sentence, the Raptors have won just one game this month, and I got both of the ones uh, correct. So felt pretty good about felt pretty good about that. Well done. In the middle of filling out your NASCAR pool, grading your NASCAR pool and NCAA pool, you got that sentence correct. NASCAR pool right there, baby. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe and up podcast on Spotify, wherever you listen. 
We will be back on Monday to talk waiver wire pickups. And we're back Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of next week. Thanks to both of you guys, Ryan and Steve. Thanks to all of you for listening. We will talk to you soon. Bye. See you guys. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.